Yo, what's going on, everybody? Tavares here. And again, I'm back and without Safa. I apologize. <laughs> Today will just be me. But on behalf of my wife and I, you know, we really just want to thank you for all the lessons, all the support. So many people sharing it. So many people telling their friends about it. So many people post us in their story, how they're listening, but they don't even follow us. That still amazes me. And I know it's only because you guys are sharing it. So I really want to start this off with how grateful I am. If you've been listening for a while and this is a podcast you enjoy and you're using some type of app that allows you to rate it like Apple, I suggest that you do rate it. If there is anything you want, you know, us to talk about or if there's anything we need to fix, please shoot us an email. We need to be able to take care of that as soon as possible. But for all of you that left reviews, we're grateful. For all of you that continue to listen, continue to share, we're grateful. And we need to be diving. We need to. We need to be diving. Y'all know I'm from the hood. Uh, but today we're going to be diving into a deep topic. I, I don't want to say it's deep, but it's something that's a little touchy. No pun intended. But we're going to be talking about when your relationship fell into sin. You know, what do you do after your relationship fell into sin? And I believe a lot of people ask that question because a lot of people are wondering whether they should break up. A lot of people are wondering whether it was something, you know, they just want to know direction, you know, after after making that mistake. And I just want to be able to dive into that because I know there are a lot of relationships that you're not going to be spotless. You know, you can have a God-centered relationship and so you can still be human, you know. I'm I'm not encouraging sin. What I'm saying is there's a lot of people in godly relationships and they can still fall into sin is what I'm trying to say. A lot of times we like to think we're high and mighty, but in reality, we are not, <laughs> you know. So one of the things I've learned in church myself is that people are afraid to admit when they fall. You know, it's that's obviously for various reasons, you know, but I think the biggest one is that people don't want to feel condemned. People don't want to feel as though, you know, God, you know, God has forsaken me. People don't want to feel as though the church will um, kick me out or the church will sit me out of ministry or people will look down on me or people will call me a hypocrite. You know, we don't want to walk around with any labels, you know, so we end up keeping quiet. We don't want to feel as though we're the only ones struggling with the issue, you know, because I know a lot of times when I struggle, I literally didn't want to talk to anybody because, for one, it wasn't a matter of I thought I was more high and mighty. It was just the fact that no one else spoke about their issues. No one else was talking about their weaknesses. And everybody's just flaunting, you know, flaunting their, their strength and, you know, making sure everyone knew how spiritual they are. Everybody wants to brag on how much they pray or brag on how much they speak in tongues or blah, blah, blah. You just felt like you're the only one with that issue. So if you're a person that's in that scenario, trust me, bro. Trust me, sis. I've been there. I know what it is, you know, to feel like, man, I just really can't speak up, you know. Yeah, but we can't allow that, you know, obviously to intimidate us because I believe that's just the devil trying to trying to condemn you. And the, 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 the thing about sin is it forces you to suffer in silence. You are not able to speak up. And that's the reason why you have to come out in boldness. You're not going to be able to be healed or be delivered or to find peace or or that forgiveness if you're going to choose to stay locked in that box. Um, growing up, I want to say I probably only had one person that I could talk to about, you know, the spiritual, 
not not just spiritual matters, but like issues with my flesh or issues with lust or issues with anger. You know, I felt like I only had one person that I could confide in regards to, you know, struggles with sex and all that type of stuff. And I believe that everybody needs that person. And I know that's not possible for everyone. I know it doesn't always work out that way. I know some people, they're just like, man, there's nobody in my church that I can trust to talk about with this stuff. Yeah, I get that. You know, every church is different. But chances are, if you feel that way about not being able to find someone in your church, then there should be multiple people in your church with that same issue, which means you need to step up and be that person for the people in your church. Because you can't say, well, I don't have any ladies that I could talk to. And sis, you're not a lady that the younger sister can talk to. And bro, you can't be telling, you can't be saying there are no men in the church that have the same issues as me and I don't want to be able to speak up. But then what about the little boys that are going through the same issues of abuse or going through the same issues, struggling with sexuality and porn as young as elementary age, you know, so you have to step up and be that person for others. You know, so the the main issue I, I would say to start this off is we can't keep quiet. And, you know, I think a lot of people, they wait. You know, they, they they stay quiet, you know, until God delivers them, quote unquote, delivers them, you know, so they they want to be able to say, uh, you know, they want to share a cute testimony on, on a social media post or they want to talk one day in front of a big crowd and say, oh, God delivered me from pornography, you know, and they want to be able to brag about it, you know, when they're already set free, when God really wants us to be bragging on his strength right now. Like God is working on me. God has, is working on me today. Today, I didn't view it. And yesterday I would have, you know, and that's the testimony in and of itself. I believe we have to stop, you know, waiting on some grand finale. Like God is working on you daily. Don't, don't think that you have to wait until you're at some strong spiritual point, you know, before you can share your testimony with others, you know, so don't keep quiet because when we keep quiet, we're just, we're just, someone once said, Fear is faith in the wrong God. You know what I mean? You can't be paralyzed by fear. You have to be able to walk in faith and walk knowing, you know, that God will deliver you. So don't keep quiet, you know, and don't feel as though if I speak up and I make a mistake again, I'm a failure, you know, because you are not a failure. We have to understand that Paul had an issue in Second Corinthians that he, he sought God about. The Bible calls it a thorn in his flesh. We don't know if it was a sin issue. We don't know if it was a sickness. We don't know what it was, but the issue is that Paul spoke to God and prayed, and it was just like, God, I have an issue. I need you to you know, take this from me. Paul is aware that I could do more ministry if I don't have this issue or this struggle. I can do more for you, God, if I don't have this issue. And God said, no, he allowed him to have that, that messenger of Satan. He allowed him to have that thorn in his side. Why? Because it keeps him connected to God. It forces him to pray. And yeah, I know I'm getting on a tangent and I know this isn't exactly where, you know, the podcast is supposed to go, but I honestly felt like I really need to share that. You know, that's not notes. Now I really feel like I need to share that because a lot of you are struggling in silence and you need to break out of that shell. I pray over all of you all that you will get out of those shells. You get out of those comfort zones. And you get out of those, you know, that seasons of 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 guilt. You'll get out of seasons of depression and feeling like you're not good enough or feeling like you'll never overcome because you overcome by the blood of the lamb. The Holy Ghost is not inside of us just so we can speak in tongues. The Holy Ghost is in us so we can live right. The Holy Ghost is in us so we can please God. The Holy Ghost is in us so we can change our world, you know. But back to what I was saying in regards to not being silent, Proverbs 28 and 13 says, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, 
but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. So if you have a different version other than KJV, obviously you can feel free to go and read it. But in a nutshell, it's just saying if you confess your sins instead of trying to hide it, you will prosper. You will find your strength. You'll find help. You know, so you'd probably read that verse and think I'm telling you blindly run back to others regarding your struggles and confess everything to them. You know, and that's not what I'm saying. You you have to use wisdom. You shouldn't be telling all your business to everyone because some people, they're not going to pray for you. They're going to spread your drama. Hey, Susie's struggling with pornography. Hey, Matt and Tina just had sex and she's worried she may be pregnant. People are people love gossip, you know, and and. Don't think because we're in church now that people will stop being people. No, there are some people that are still immature, some people that still need to grow. But please understand that you can't hide your sins from God, you know, so you have to be able to step out, step out in order to get that healing. You know, when the Bible tells us to confess our sins, God wants us to do two things. One, you have to turn to him in your weakness. And two, you have to be accountable to other believers in the body of Christ, you know, because those believers will help you with prayer. They'll help you with encouragement. They'll help you with accountability. So please understand that some things are not meant for everyone to hear. You know, I once saw, I think it was last year on social media, but a lady, she testified that was very graphic. I'm not getting into details, but this this lady was, a <laughs> she, she was living that, that fast life. She was a, a prostitute. You know, and she gave a very graphic testimony to the point where the pastor took the mic out of her hand or I don't remember who it was that took the mic out of her head. But but listen, if God delivers you from that, I thank God because there no one is allowed to shame you from from what God delivered you from because it's where you're delivered from. Who cares? You're not there anymore. If people want to judge you. Yeah, that's their problem. But you know that God set you free. The reason I'm saying that is just because there's a time and place for everything. <laughs> you don't have to say some things on a microphone. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to post a social media status saying, hey, finally free from lust. Hey, finally free from pornography. You know, you don't have to. That I mean, don't get me wrong. It'll be an encouragement to someone, but everything isn't needed you know, to be posted all over social media, <laughs> you know, so with this podcast, I'm praying that none of you leave with the wrong impression. My aim is not, please understand me, is not. So anyone can feel as though they need to cut off a relationship because they made a mistake. And it is still not for you to continue in a relationship because it isn't leading to a mistake. You know, so I, I don't want to, I, I just want you all to know, I'm not saying you need to break up with someone or you need to keep going. That is up to you. I'm just hoping that we can provide, I can provide the, the right advice and provide some scripture just so you can see my heart behind the matter. I don't want anyone to feel as though I'm dictating their life, you know, but the point is just so you can evaluate your heart and the motives behind a relationship, you know, because just because you slipped up before, that doesn't mean you two can't reestablish boundaries and honor God. We did a podcast recently and it was regarding boundaries. If you have not listened, it will bless you. I believe that we all can always revisit that topic. That's something that you should go check out if you get some free time this week. And just because you two haven't had sex, that doesn't mean your relationship is pure. Let me repeat that. Just because you two aren't fornicating, physical, you know, it already physically happening, that doesn't mean the relationship is pure because it could be heading that direction. The Bible says in Galatians five sixteen, this I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I know a lot of times I've struggled to this day, you know, we're all going to struggle, 
Yeah, and it's always because I'm relying on my own self. I'm relying on my flesh. I'm not realizing that I have to depend on God. I'm not realizing that I have to depend on the Holy Spirit to guide me. So if you're one of those people that's thinking you're going to be able to overcome by yourself, please stop now. Like, you have to depend on God. You know, if you want to grow, you have to depend on the Word of God. You have to depend on prayer, fasting, being connected to your church. You know, we can't do this on our own. I know you want to be grown and just be with your boyfriend, just be with your girlfriend, but you need people. Don't feel as though you can do everything on your own. You know, but I want to say a big issue, a big issue that I realize is that too many believers want to know how far is too far. We get that question all the time. How far is too far? You know, and I understand it may be a legitimate question, but how exactly does that honor Jesus? Like how, 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 if, if I, if my goal is to honor God, if I want to walk with God, Shouldn't I be starving to please him, you know, and staying far away from sin as I possibly can? I believe when we when we love God, Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. So when we love God, we, we don't have to necessarily avoid sin. The more you pursue God is the more sin loses its desire because you're focused on God. You know, so I believe that we have to place more emphasis on how close can I get to God rather than how far is too far, you know, in order for it to be sin. You know, so, you know, we get questions, you know, people asking things like, hey, can I kiss him or her? You know, can I spend the night at their house? It's not like we both don't have self-control. You know, you know, people like to be spiritual and say they got self-control. People like to ask, hey, can I feel on their body? I'll make sure to stop before things get carried away. And I know some of you are probably looking at it, listening to me say this like no one said that. Listen, if I showed you screenshots, <laughs> but I respect the privacy of the people that, you know, that follow us. Or, you know, I've heard a famous one. I'm not less of a Christian because I have sex from time to time. God knows my heart. You can't judge me. Listen. <laughs> I'm not about to argue with anyone about if God knows their heart or not, but Jeremiah 17, 9 says God knows your heart. And it says it's desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. So you think you know your heart when you don't. I'm telling you, you really don't know your heart because our heart can easily deceive us. So you guys can say that quote if you want, <laughs> but God knows the truth. You know, so some of these lines, some people may not say verbally, but you know what's happening in their thoughts, in their heart. You know, so but if you listen to any of the questions that I just said, the key aspect behind all of those relationships was self. What can I get? How can they please me or don't judge me? You know, if you get to the point where you start asking what you can gain from someone that shows you are not ready for a relationship. I understand that, you know, that physical desire, that desire for sex, you know, physical intimacy, that emotional bond that comes in sex and all that. I understand that desires within us as humans, but we have to understand the right way to go about doing it. You know, because if you can't control your urges while you're single, those urges will still be a problem when you're married. You're not just going to, oh, I get to have sex with my husband or my wife and all of a sudden, lust is gone. No, lust will act out in other ways. It'll still try to draw you towards other things. It'll still try to draw you towards pornography. It'll still try to draw you towards ungodly things on social media. It'll still try to draw you towards, you know, adultery. You have to understand that lust isn't just going to be cured because you're married. Lust is cured when you submit your flesh to the spirit of God. Dating isn't going to cure lust. Sex itself can't cure lust because it's never satisfied. Sin can never be satisfied. And that's why we have to strive to please God, because if we're striving to please our flesh, our flesh will never be satisfied. Boom. Mic drop.
<laughs> no, but really, you know, people like to think, oh, I know my limits. But we all know our limits until we've gone too far. You know, we all think that one drink, man, that one drink is fine. Yeah, until that one drink and you realize you took six drinks or, or we, oh, it won't happen if we do this, you know, and then it gets far because eventually point A gets boring. Then you get to point B. Point B, okay, you know, nothing. All right, cool. Now we get to point C and it continues. T- like things like touching is going to lead to kissing. Kissing is going to lead to sex. And sex, sex, out of Sex outside of marriage is just going to lead to death or pregnancy. I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> but it is bad consequences for sin. You know, <laughs> you know, a lot of people like to pretend there's no consequences, consequences for sin, you know, because they don't see it immediately. But there will always be consequences for sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. You know, so when God told Adam, you know, they shouldn't be eating from that fruit. They shouldn't eat from the tree. And Eve, you know, had the nerve to tell the serpent, we shouldn't eat it or touch it. And the serpent knew, ooh, she don't know her word. I got her now, you know. So she added something to what God said. But the issue is the Bible mentions how subtle the the devil came in, right? So pay attention to this. The devil didn't come to Adam for one. He went to the woman. God clearly was speaking to Adam, you know, so Adam has to rely, relay that message over. Adam has to be that protector. He has to make sure his family is in the will of God. But the devil came about to her subtle. The Bible says he's crafty, right? So she said, I shouldn't touch the, I shouldn't touch the tree and I shouldn't eat from it. God said, only thing she shouldn't do is shouldn't eat from it. So I'm pretty sure that they may have had a conversation where the devil was talking to her near the tree, Right. And then he gets her to touch the tree and she realizes she didn't die. Oh, I'm still alive. And you see, and that's where the devil gets you because then he's like, you see, nothing happened. You can go a little further. And then he he kept on encouraging her to do what God said not to do. And then finally, the Bible mentions that she realized the fruit, the food was good for fr- <laughs> I'm sorry. She realized that the sights were good, that it would be good food for her to eat. It will give her knowledge. And all of that was all because she thought she couldn't touch it. And, you know, I, I, that's, that's the way I view that scripture. You know, the devil may have got her to touch the fruit. She didn't die. And then he got her to eat the fruit and she shared it with her husband. And then they didn't die immediately. But death came into the world because of that and spiritual death as well because of that. You know, and then that's when we realized that the devil is not. He's not going to just come to you with horns, you know, and a pitchfork. He's going to come subtle. He's going to come trying to encourage you to do something he know you shouldn't do. But he's not going to just say, hey, let's go to the strip club. Because the devil knows you're not going to the strip club. He knows you're a child of God. He knows you're not going to be doing this nonsense. But what the devil will encourage you to do. Hey, let's listen to a little bit of that. You know, that that Chris Brown, that Trey Songs, you know, you know, that new album, right? And, you know, Beyonce, Queen B. I know I got some people in the Beehive following me. You know, I'm praying for y'all because y'all aggressive. But <laughs> but, you know, he'll encourage you to do a, the little, do a little bit. And then after that, you get comfortable with certain kind of music. And then it's like, oh, let's go to the club. And it's just like, oh, I'm not really a party person. But then he works on you over time. And then over time, then you start lowering your guard and that's where he attacks you, you know, because the devil is trying to get you to lower your guard. But Proverbs 627 says, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? The Bible tells us clearly there is no way for you to play with fire and not get burned. And that's why Second Timothy 222 says, flee also you for lust, but follow righteousness, 
faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And I love that verse because a lot of times we say to resist stuff, but you can't just resist and then do nothing, you know, but that's what the Bible is telling us to do. Yeah, you avoid things that lead to sexual temptation, but you also pursue after righteousness. You pursue after God with everything that's within you, you know, but I really want to say I, I wrote down, I believe it's five points that I want you to remember, you know, or to examine if you're in a relationship that fell into sin in the past, you know, and the first thing I want to make clear is God is able to forgive you. I feel like a lot of times we forget that and a lot of people, you know, they allow they allow the devil to play games with their mind, you know, they allow the devil to tell them God will never forgive you. They allow the devil to lie to them. But Romans 8, 1 tells us there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So the devil may try to condemn you all he want. But let me tell you something. If you repent, there is forgiveness for you. There is mercy for you. God is not holding out his grace from you. God wants to forgive you. God wants to restore you. Please understand that the devil may play games in your mind, but God wants you to be closer to him. God is forming you into his image. If you were perfect, you would not need God in your life. God understands that we're imperfect, you know, and I'm not trying to justify sin, but I want to make that clear. You need God. That's why the Bible, um, David mentioned, search me, oh God, you know, search me and know my ways. He wanted God to know the very intents of his heart because we don't always realize what's going on in our heart, but God sees it. And that's why I just want you to know that you shouldn't be trusting your heart. You should be trusting God. But if you are a person that fell into sin, don't feel as though. God can't, you know, forgive you. Don't feel as though you have to stay away from the church or you have to drop out of ministry or you have to drop out of X, Y, Z. No, when you fall into sin, the place you need to be is at the church so people can pray with you. People can help restore you. You don't want to avoid God when you fall into sin. You want to get closer to him. The second thing I want to mention is that you have to check, is this a godly relationship? You know, because... We can say, oh, quote unquote, we fell, but no one technically falls into sex. You know, you don't just like slip out of bed and on the floor of sex and you fell into sex. No, steps led into it, you know, so you can fool me. You know, obviously I I wouldn't care because I don't have a heaven or hell to put anyone in, you know, but we can't fool God, you know, so we have to be examined when examining our relationship, you know, so please be, we have to be honest. I meant to say, sorry, we have to be honest when we examine it because, yeah, she's gorgeous. You know, she has the body of a model, whatever. Yes, he's handsome, tall, dark and handsome, whatever, whatever your type may be. They may be the perfect thing. They may say all the right things. They may make you feel like no one has ever made you felt. But is it a godly relationship? You have to check that out. You know, so does that person even love God? You know, we have to really think, I keep saying, you know, what's wrong with me? But <laughs> we really have to check. Does this person love God? I don't, and I don't mean, oh, they go to church or yeah, they're at Sunday morning service. Yeah, they're at Bible studies. Yeah, they, they go to the prayer service. I don't mean if they attend church. It's a big difference between a brother or sister that attends church and someone that loves God. So do they love God? I don't mean if they're the pastor kid. I don't care if this brother plays the organ or is on the drums, or he's the best bass guitar player in all of America. It does not matter what their role is in church. Can you see the fruit coming from their life? You know, so check the lifestyle actually to see if their desire, you know, if they actually desire an intimate walk with God. If not, that's your cue. 
boom, drops the mic, bye Felicia. Like, you don't need to be sitting here and justifying why you're with someone that doesn't love God. You don't need to sit here and justify why you're with someone that's lukewarm and isn't trying to grow. Because I don't believe everyone is at the same level spiritually. I don't believe everyone views everything with the same convictions, you know, or hardcore faith. I believe everybody's growing and we have to give grace, but you have to pay attention to if that's a godly person or if you are <laughs> an ungodly person, you know, I, and obviously you're not right beside me. So you can be honest with yourself. You know, you can say, yeah, God, I've been slacking. I need to do better because my relationships are going to keep failing if I'm not doing better. You know, Paul said in First Corinthians 15 and 33, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You know, so and another version says um, corrupts good morals. So you may be a person that loves God, you know, and then you get around someone that doesn't. And eventually you start to compromise or you may be a person that always prayed, always studied, always gave, always, you know, helped serve the local church or or your very nature, you know, you're just a kind, compassionate person. And you start getting around people that are so mean and so, so prideful and so just stuck up and, you know, things of that nature. And eventually you'll become like that, you know, so your relationship will obviously fall into sex if you're with a person that's just lustful, you know, because their spirit is going to rub off on yours. And that's why we have to be careful the type of people we could, we get connected to. The third point I want to bring up is this. Could I have prevented this? You know, I think that's probably the biggest issue for me. Could I have prevented this? Because a lot of times, you know, we ask, oh, should I break up with them? But it wasn't a matter of it. Why would you wait until you had sex to, to know if this is a godly or an ungodly relationship? You know, many people, we like to play that victim role and give the devil all of the credit. You know, the devil made me do it. Oh, man, the devil made me go to her house at 2 a.m., get in my car, drive across town to go have sex. The devil didn't. You think the devil gave you gas money? Come on, man. Like (laughs) the devil didn't make you take that picture, send something that was explicit. The devil did not do that. It was the flesh. And that's why we can't trust the flesh. You know, don't play that victim role. You know, most times if we're just being truthful, man, let's just be real with ourselves. We can't grow if we're not going to be real with ourselves. You know, if we're going to tell the truth, we have to say that most times we knew what we were doing were wrong. It's very rare that I feel like I fell into sin and I didn't realize how far how far things were going. If I paid attention, at least I I know that there were some times when, man, that's a red flag. You know, you know, that's a bit weird. I didn't see that coming, you know, but that's not always the case. You know, so you two should have knew you were falling into sin when you started being alone, start touching, start rubbing, whatever. You should have known things were getting out of hand when the comments were less about God and more sexual. The comments were less about, you know, getting to know them and more about when are we going to um, when are we going to oh, hang out and let's go out tonight. Or it was never about them anymore. It's just a matter of getting your sexual desires satisfied. You know, so if you realize this is a person that, you know, all of a sudden they're they're trying to get naked pictures or start getting you to do any sexual things, that should be your cue to draw that line and cut the relationship. End of story. I know what it means to love someone and know that they aren't good for you. And I also know what it means to want to be with someone. And I know that I'm not right for them. I've had to end a relationship when I realized, hey, man, you know, I know where my flesh is acting up and I know where I'm trying to lead us if we're if we stay together. And we have to be honest with ourselves. If you're not ready for a relationship, that's fine. You know, you have to be able to 
you have to be able to control your urges and you also have to be able to respect your brother and your sister because ultimately that's what we all are. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ and we have to be able to respect them. You know, so if you want to know if you could have prevented that, you have to pay attention to these things. It's okay to admit when a relationship isn't healthy. So that, um, not today, sorry. That's when we decide to stop entertaining our lustful desires and that's when we start seeking God for help. You know, so accountability partners and and I would say spiritual leadership as well are smart moves to make, you know, because they'll help us prevent some of these issues. You know, the Bible mentions in First Thessalonians 5 and 22 that we should abstain from all appearance of evil. And that's a Bible verse that I know every last one of you listening has has disobeyed at some point because I know I've disobeyed it plenty of times. A lot of times we don't stay away when when we think it'll be evil, we stay away after we've experienced something that was wrong. But God is telling us, if you see that there's a hint of you compromising, you need to stay away from that. Or if you see there's a hint of them pulling you away from God, God is God is trying to encourage us to don't get, don't get entangled with it because there comes a point when things that, that used to detest your spirit, like you just hated the very thought of something, you get around it. And if you stay around it for a long period of time, you begin to tolerate it. And then if you begin to tolerate sin, you'll begin to participate in it. And that's what God is trying to get us to avoid. He doesn't want us to get comfortable around sin because when you get comfortable around sin, you'll begin to endorse it. You'll begin to indulge in it. And you can't overcome something that entertains you. Fourth point I wanted to make is that you need to check, is this consistently happening? Because a lot of people mention to me, man, I fell into sin you know, we didn't mean to, you know, and it's just like, okay, that's good, man. You guys get back up on your feet and you keep on pushing. You start to please God. You start for marriage so you don't fall into sexual temptation. But you mean to tell me you guys had sex every day this week or every other week, or you guys have been doing, you guys have been doing all of this for such a long period of time and you're still trying to figure out, is this relationship God's will? No, that, that relationship, maybe you can get married in the future, but right now, it's not the right time to be together. You have to pay attention to the to the issues. Whereas if you can't please God dating, just getting if if Paul mentioned at one point, it's better to marry than to burn with lust. And he was saying for the people, obviously, you know, you can't control your, your hormones, but at the same time, Paul wasn't endorsing, hey, everybody that's fornicating, get married. You know what I mean? Because marriage alone is an issue. Paul is saying you know, there's some people, obviously, you know, that need to get married. But it's just like just because you won't control your urges doesn't mean your spouse is going to make life perfect for you. You have to pay attention to, you know, the, the, the direction of what's going on between you two. So if we consistently ignore God and his will for our lives, eventually we'll just become desensitized to his voice. You know, so if you keep falling, it's an indicator that God isn't even a part of the relationship. Especially when there's no remorse and no conviction when you're in the sin, because that's what sin does. You'll feel convicted, but a devil will encourage you to keep doing it. And if you keep doing it, eventually you won't even hear God convict you anymore. Eventually, you'll just be comfortable. Eventually, you'll block me if I if I post something about sin, <laughs> sin on social media. Eventually, what the pastor says is 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 foolish unless he's talking about blessings. You know, a lot of churches don't want pastors to talk about sin anymore, but sin is still sin and God still has a standard and that standard is holiness. God wants us to be conformed to his image, whether preachers preach it or not. It does not matter what your pastor says if it's it's not biblical. God wants us to examine the relationships that we come around because 
the Bible says in Proverbs 4.23 to guard our heart, you know, it mentions that out of it flows the issues of life. If we allow just anyone to be in our heart or allow just anyone to be around us, then we're allowing ourselves to be contaminated. Whereas God won't be able to freely pour into us because we have the world pouring into us. Psalm 19 and 13, I'm going to read that from the NLT. It says, keep your servant from deliberate sins. Don't let them control me. Then I'll be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. You know, so a lot of times we have to be we have to be aware that there are some sins that we're deliberate about. We know it feels good. You know, we like that desire. But at the same time, we have to be kept away from that. And if a relationship is continuously pull us, pulling us into that, then that's the spiritual weight that we need to let go of. The fifth point I want to mention is you will never have to sin or compromise in order to get the person who God is sending. Period. You will never have to compromise your faith in God in order to get with someone unless the devil sent them. Don't get me wrong. You have to compromise. I have to compromise every day in marriage because it's no longer me. It's us trying to make sure my wife is happy, trying to make sure my family is okay. But it's never a matter of self-demanding that I neglect my devotion. It's never a matter of self-pushing um, me towards sin. So if you're with someone that's pushing you towards sin, then please understand God did not send them. You need to be able to make them make them fully aware. If we're not going to establish boundaries and stick to them, then we can't be together. I don't care how I feel about you, period. You know, we have to take our walk with God um, seriously, because if we don't draw that line, they're not going to respect your walk with God even after you're married. But if we draw that line, two things will happen. One, they'll change. They'll get serious about their walk with God, which is great. Or two, they'll drop you. But either way, that's perfect because you're not going to be placed in a situation that'll cause you, you know, to sin in your spiritual walk. You know, so it, it really just just breaks my heart when I receive these type of messages from believers who say they've been waiting so long and they're frustrated because they have friends who live in sin and they appear happy. Let me tell you all something. Being married does not mean a couple is in the will of God. So I get that everyone wants to be married, but do not think you need to be like the XYZ couple because they're married or they're so happy in pictures. Just because they're happy in pictures does not mean God's stamp of approval is there. You want to be in a relationship that honors God, not a relationship that just gets married. You know what I mean? You shouldn't feel as though you need to compromise your faith, you know, in order to 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 get God's will. Don't allow the social media nonsense to fool you. Because there is absolutely no peace or true joy outside of God's will. God is not going to ask us to wait if he didn't have special plans for us. He will never do that. God will not ask us to avoid fornication if he didn't understand how fornication would cloud your judgment. There are a lot of people in bad relationships because of good sex. Let's just be honest. There are a lot of people that stay with people they did not like because they've been having sex. They've been staying with people that have been abusing them. Because of the sex, a lot of times people stand these relationships all because of sex, and that's one. I believe that's one of the reasons why God didn't want us to indulge in that, because it's such a powerful connecting tool that it should be saved for marriage. So don't let anyone creep into your life telling you, you know, a little sin is okay. Obviously, they won't say a little sin. They'll say something like, "Hey, you know, babe, it's okay if we just do a little," you know. Because that never stops. They'll always try to get more. You know, they'll try to tell you, keep it a secret or don't worry, God will forgive us or the devil. You know what I mean? Like, like the devil is an absolute liar. You're too special to God. He'll reward your patience and he'll reward your obedience to his word. Don't feel as though you need to compromise to be with any of these clowns. Sisters, don't let none of these little boys play you. I don't care how muscular he is. 
I don't care how much this brother's beard is popping. Don't let this dude play you. And bro, I know there are so many sisters out here that are as carnal as can be. I've been with some women that were, they made me feel, they, they called me lame, called me corny and all this type of stuff because I wasn't trying to have sex. I've seen some sisters that in the church can can lead you into sin. Please don't compromise your self-worth or feel as though you have to do this in order to be a real man. Don't let anyone lie to you. You know, Bible mentions in Galatians 5 and 7. I wrote this one down because it's from the ESV. I want to remember it. You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? You know, Paul is asking a question like, you guys were in truth. Who, who did you, what preachers have you been listening to lately that's causing you to, to start believing false doctrines? Like who, who, and then obviously he's talking about salvation there, you know, but let's relate that to, to dating. You were, you were, you used to love God. Who did you start dating that caused you to stay out of church? You used to believe in modesty. Who did you start dating that's causing you to be half naked on social media? Whose attention are you trying to get? You used to believe in, to, you used to encourage all the younger people to, you know, to have sex, you know, wait for marriage before you have sex. And now, now you're pregnant and you're only 22 and you're not even married. And don't get me wrong. I'm not judging anyone who's been in that situation. And if you have, please don't, please don't feel as though anyone, any one of us, you know, on this podcast will ever condemn you. But who, who, those are questions I want you to really think about. Like Paul is saying, like, who did you allow to influence you? Because who you allow to influence you is who's going who you allow to speak into your life is going to be the person that influences the direction that you go. Who you allow to to connect with you emotionally is going to determine whether you grow spiritually or not. You know, so there are many people that turn away from God, you know, because of a bad relationship or because of, you know, some type of relationship they were in. And I just want to encourage you all that if you're in this type of relationship that fell into sin, God will forgive you. That's the biggest thing. I want you to know that God is able to forgive you. But I also want you to know that when Jesus spoke to the woman caught in adultery, Jesus also told her, go and sin no more. So I know a lot of people don't like to talk about that part of the verse. You know, God is so merciful that he never he never held that sin over her head. But he also told her to leave and don't walk in that sin anymore. So you may have fallen in the past and your relationship may have fallen even a couple of times in the past. God is able to forgive you, restore you and allow your relationship to be godly and go forward in a powerful ministry. However, if your if your relationship is not going to change, or if your relationship is not going to be God centered, that's your cue. You need to leave it alone. You know, a lot of times we don't want to cut someone off because we have history, but having a good his well, I won't even call it good, but having history doesn't mean you have to have a future with them. You have to think about your spiritual walk. You have to think about the souls that are connected to you because it requires your obedience for a lot of souls to be saved. A lot of people look to Christian relationships. You know, they may mock us, but a lot of them, while they're hurting, they're looking and trying to figure out why some relationships last. You know, why? Why did I have a lot of friends? I was in the military, and you know, so the military, a lot of people get married young. And I have a lot of people that come to me for advice. A lot of people that come to me, their marriages are failing or they have issues. But they would ask me for advice. Why? Because they look to the church for truth. Even people that don't want to serve God, they look to you for truth. They need you to be a light. So if you're with someone that doesn't want to help you live for God, let them go. But if you guys fell and you feel as though you can continue to serve God, please understand you don't have to drop them. You guys just have to reestablish boundaries and you have to go forward and continue growing in Jesus name. This was a heavy podcast. <laughs>
Yeah, man, this was this was heavy on my heart. I I literally recorded this one while Safa was at work, <laughs> you know, so it wasn't even planned, but I felt as though someone needed this one. But I really just want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. There's so much I could say on this topic, and I may end up doing a part two on this with my wife or with another friend um, soon. But I got guys, I really want you to know, even if this podcast doesn't help you because your relationship never had sex or you never fell into any type of sexual sin, you know someone in a relationship that may have. You know someone that broke up with someone because their their relationship was in sin or you know someone that, that that's so frustrated being single because everyone, you know, just after sex, I need you to forward this podcast to them. I need every one of you to please share this podcast. If you're using Apple Podcasts, I'd be so grateful if you guys left five stars and left a review. Um, if you have any podcast suggestions, please send them to our email. We're constantly seeing them. I don't respond to all the emails that have podcast suggestions because I just start writing notes. We don't want to just start talking and just start talking based off emotion. We want to start writing notes and getting stuff taken care of so we can put it out to you all well thought out and, you know, scripturally based. But I've noticed um, recently we were in among the top podcasts and that's still mind blowing. I really don't know how to thank you all enough. I'm extremely grateful. Self was extremely grateful. If Zion knew how to say grateful, I'm pretty sure he would say it, <laughs> you know, but we're so thankful that you guys, you know, believe in this ministry, that you guys support this ministry. I'm just praying that we'll continue to be a blessing. We'll continue to be able to pour out thoughtful scriptures. We'll be able to pour out the word of God. We don't want to pour out our emotions. We want to pour out the will of God into your lives. So continue to share this podcast with your friends and your family. And as always, we love you all. We pray that you have a blessed day. Give us five stars (laughs) and be blessed in Jesus name. Love you. Peace.